Welcome to the June 27th edition of the PFF Forecast. Um, yes, my voice is uh, its not in the best shape that it's ever been in, but um, I feel great. I'm here to power through. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a great episode today because we're going to talk about the college football preview magazine, PFF's college football preview magazine that drops Monday. We're recording this on a Sunday evening. It will drop Monday. We'll talk about what's inside, some of the good stuff there that you can take away and play some bets with which of course is our main motivation. And then we've got a little Steelers conversation uh, because, well, they did something. And so we have to talk about it because people are going to want to hear it. And then we'll close out with uh, some quarterback rankings and talking about Lamar, Baker, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, which of these quarterbacks um, might we see get a really big deal? What does that mean? All that stuff. Anyways, let's go. You, you, uh, you're gonna have to do some talking during this podcast. Well, I felt like you should have waited till this week to win the Emmy so I could have done the intro because that was you were laboring there, brother. Um, and but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it was in vain. You had a good day, you had a good weekend in Vegas. It sounded like, um, you were you, you gave back, let's just say, mm-hmm. and you got some and 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 you got some uh coming your way as well. So that that's uh terrific, but yeah, it'll be a, a fun Here's show. I, I will tell, I'll tell the story of y- yesterday in Vegas um, at the end of the podcast. I'll say it for the end of the podcast. It's a really good story. There's a reason that I cannot speak very well, but it's, it's a great reason and it's betting focus. So it's, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'll save that for the end. I'll try and remember. Um, you, however, uh, again, for a second straight podcast, aced the look. You've got your light. You've got it, you know, and I, I'm still here in a, in a hotel looking like a, a doofus, but, you know, I'm getting shine, you know, shown up in multiple ways now. I don't know if I, I don't know how I'm going to take it. I'm going to need to really internalize it and like figure my life out. Did you notice here? I have this uh, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, Matroshka behind me. Yeah. Not to, to both screw with your, uh, your basketball love, but also, um, yeah. And I, I've Who's been on like the Wheaties. Who's on the Wheaties box? Kirby pocket. So I grew up in Minnesota. I think they, that the uh, contrary to what Vikings fans think the last time a team other than the Minnesota Lynx won a championship in Minnesota was 1991. Um, and so I have something commemorating that. I have no comment. Um, let's, let's start off with this. Um, if you are listening to this on Sunday evening, Monday morning, um, yeah, I can probably listen to it on Monday morning. Um, the 2021 College Football Preview Magazine will be live on pff.com. You can get it. It's only $7.99 with a college football grade subscription. Just $7.99. You can download it um, and have it for the entirety of the season. Um, There's a ton of good stuff in here. It's like 650 pages. Um, You have everything from um, results of the simulations for college football down to Seth Galina's scheme analysis um, for each coach. Um, Anthony Tresh and the whole college team wrote a ton of great stuff on the different um, best pass catchers, best defenders, um, quarterback breakdowns. So there's a ton of good stuff. I want to ask you, Eric, what's your favorite? Well, I, I still think it's even it, – it's it's – it's a lot of good stuff. Obviously the simulation coming from our group, Timo Risky's passing maps, which I think are really cool and something you don't really get to see at the college level um, could obviously help you with your draft prep as well. Um, I, I like how in depth, I like how in, you know, a calendar year um, we've been able to get, you know, so many, what I would consider to be experts in the college football realm and trash and, and Galena Deontay Lee, like we've gotten people who really know the college game and that's really shining here. I've done, you know, I've been, you know, not as big of a college fan as an NFL fan, but I've been a college fan for a while. And I, I got to say, like after surveying, I mean, this is the best college football preview you're going to get. Um, and, and I think what it also does is, you know, when you have the results of the simulation, basically um, you're going to be able to look at sort of um, your favorite team. You're going to be able to see, 
uh, you know, betting markets, whether it be DraftKings or wherever you can see those. And you're going to be able to sort of put a wager uh, that is backed by uh, a simulation here. So I, I like that as well. Yeah, that's kind of the, um, that's obviously like my favorite part. I do think that the uh, route maps are really cool. Um, we do these for um, both for quarterbacks and the top pass catchers. So you can look at that. And that, that I think is really interesting, right? Because you see where, where the quarterback threw the football, where the top pass catcher uh, actually ran the routes that we'd expect him to be targeted on. Um, and that, uh, that I think is really cool. Let's, let's talk about some bets that you could potentially make. Um, you're going to sell me on them because as you know, college football aficionado right here, um, I'm here to learn. So give me, um, give me some of your favorites uh, based on the, the simulation results that you can find in the college football preview magazine. Yeah, I think one one of our biggest fades this year is the Big 12, specifically Iowa State. And I think a big beneficiary of that is going to be Texas Tech. Um, we're, we like over four and a half of them. It's minus 152. Um, so it's kind of a true five, but we have it a little bit over almost like five and a half wins for them. So that's one that we like. Another one out your way, George. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's tough to sort of do because we do like uh, a lot of the a lot of the characters out there, but uh, UCLA under seven at minus one twenty one. Your this is one I think that's either going to be over by the the first half of the year if Dorian uh, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson plays extremely well for them um, and the recruits that UCLA has garnered over the past few years. If those all hit, this is going to be sunk. Um, if they don't, specifically at the QB position, if the quarterback does not. Uh, sort of play to his potential as he hasn't for the first three years. There's such a tough schedule out West for UCLA. I think they go under that one. And then lastly, this is again, another quarterback bet. Uh, I think I've said this to you uh, many a Saturday where you um, have taken a Sabbath during the season on Saturday. And my degenerate ass is watching football. Um, Sean Clifford sucks. And I don't, and I don't think he's going to make that Joe Burrow type ascension that everybody believes. A because Burrow was like average the year before he became the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Penn State under nine at minus one twenty five. Yeah, the the UCLA one is interesting because um, there's been projection with them, especially at the quarterback position, just like nonstop, and it just like doesn't actually pan out. Um, the the Penn State Nittany Lions. Um, as well, I feel like are a team that they also, well, first off, they've lost a lot of good players, right? Um, Jason Away, Pat Fryermuth. Um, but from a quarterback perspective, again, you like always see this projection. I think that in college football is the interesting thing. It's like if you want to try and be right about projecting which quarterback breaks out, I just don't, I don't. I think it's completely, there's so many things you don't know, like trying to make that projection embed an over because of it is, is crazy to me. So I like the idea of just saying, look, on average, we're, they're all, you know, they're not, they're not all going to break out. So let's go ahead and actually, you know, root ourselves in some data here and fade those teams a little bit. Both Sean Clifford and Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson, um, but PFF grades of 66 or below last year. So, you know, I don't know. And, and, and especially out of the big 10, like I, I, I'm more, you know, hopeful for Thompson Robinson um, just because like Chip Kelly is a good coach and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, the big 10, Justin Fields was always good. I, but like, we, I feel like we've always been waiting for the Brian Lewerke's and the Tanner Morgans and like all these other terrible, like mid middle of the pack, sort of like big 10 quarterbacks to emerge as the next great guy. And it just never happens. Um, and I think with Clifford, the, the, the Big Ten is just, I think, too difficult of a conference um, it, for these quarterbacks to sort of emerge if they weren't already as good as Fields was. That, that James Franklin shade, by the way, um, they, their offense last year, the Nittany Lions, um, 65th in EPA per path play, um, 76th in EPA per run play. Like their offense wasn't good. They so, lost to Maryland as like 21-point favorites or something like yeah. that. I, I think that they – you know, they're just not particularly good. If you want to back a team in the Big Ten that's not Ohio State, go for Iowa. I think Iowa's better than a lot of people believe they are. Ooh, uh, any any players there that I should be looking out for? Or do they have some great tight ends that we can root for? Uh, <laughs> no, they, they did lose Makai Sargent, but the, the other running back they bring back, uh, I'm, I'm 
um, missing on his name, uh, also had extremely good like yards after contact sort of stuff. Um, they were they were they started the season last year 0 and 2, um, and both losses were by like a field goal. And then they won six consecutive games to close the season, uh, which I think has their ELO pretty high. But the other thing was is their last game was canceled and then their bowl game was canceled. I do think they're being sort of forgotten about because they only played eight games last year, but their last six games were all wins and all but one of them was by two scores or more. So they were they had a pretty solid season last season, despite all the limitations that come with being Iowa, which is like quarterback and, you know, like yeah. athleticism on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they um, one of the cool things that um, you can see in the in the preview magazine is different unit uh, rankings. Um, so Iowa, as you very uh, astutely alluded to, um, very, very bad in terms of quarterback and receiving uh, 12, 13th and 12th uh, out of 14 in the Big Ten, respectively. But from an offensive line perspective and in the secondary, tremendous. Uh, they may have, you know, one of the best secondaries, if not the best secondary in the Big Ten um, and and a great offensive line. So there are some things uh, there to like. Okay, we, we've maxed out on, on college. We, we <laughs> hey, Honestly, really- I'm proud of you. You took way more time. But I do know that, uh, especially, I mean, these are people that uh, in your group, they I, I, I can't be more impressed uh, with the product they put out. And hopefully all of you that uh, – that take a look at it are equally as, as impressed. So yeah, ton of, ton of great work by, by a lot of people. Um, I mentioned Seth, I mentioned Anthony, um, Andrew Russell's the guy that puts the whole thing together um, and does a tremendous job there. Uh, obviously the entire editorial team, Mark Chichester, Austin Gale, who does a little bit of everything um, in terms of putting this thing together. So definitely go check it out. If you already have a PFF subscription, Go, go take a look. If you don't already, just $7.99 and you can download it and have it for the entirety of the season. Um, all right, let's move on to, uh, let's do a little Steelers conversation first. We'll get to quarterbacks at, at the end of this. Um, we were talking to our buddy, Evan Silva. And he was like, I'm getting, I'm getting just absolutely bogged down by Steelers maniacs in my mentions right now. Um, and this, this tends to happen a lot because the Steelers make a decision and it's kind of a sign, it's a symbol of, you know, where the organization is heading, where the team is heading. People call it out and Steelers fans are not happy about it. So David DeCastro gets cut and goes sign Trey Turner. David DeCastro, actually, Eric, was like, he's been really, really good. So this may seem like, oh, they just cut a guard. But like David DeCastro has been a key contributor to that team and an offensive line that generally was really good when the Steelers were really good. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly this is the Steelers in a nutshell. From 2013 to 2019, David DeCastro earned 1.32 war, which is fourth among guards. Um, he was a good football player. He has the same name now that he had in 2013, 2019, much like Big Ben. And much like Big Ben last year. Uh, DeCastro was a little bit above replacement level. Um, obviously, he had the injuries. And, you know, the, this entire season for the Steelers was hinging on basically, you know, taking these players who have names for them uh, and trying to get them to do the exact same thing that they did between 2013 and 2019. Uh, and DeCastro, it didn't even take, you hate to see this, but it didn't even take to the season before that sort of blew up in their face at this offensive line position. And this is the the one part of their offensive line that, you know, they they thought that they were going to have some stability, in, right? And, you know, they not to mention, you know, the tackles and stuff like that. So it, it's a tough scene for them. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, they can get some production there. But uh, but yeah, our the the Najee Harris rookie of the year train already uh, with a, a little bit of a flat tire here. Yeah, well, that was always the thing, you know, that, that we talked about the like, bus, let's call it not, not the yeah. train trains on the tires. Um, you know, he, he, great running back, but like he's gonna have to run somewhere, and and that necessitates blocking. It's interesting. You look at the AFC North odds again, and it, you know it it feels like a pretty, you know, in in the market there is this really huge gap between the Bengals and the Steelers. The, the Steelers are closer to you know the, the Ravens and the Browns, the two favorites, than they are the Bengals, and. Yeah, 
I know that we, this is clearly, Eric, a result of, boy, the Steelers always figure it out. They always find a way, right? And you mentioned that, you know, getting that kind of priced into how you project them going forward. But they came into Cincinnati last year and got beat down by a team without Joe Burrow. And I'm wondering if, if there really is that big of a gap between the Steelers and the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals have a better quarterback. That matters a crap ton. The Steelers' offensive line is horrible. So if you want to sit here and tell me, well, the Bengals have a bad offensive line, well, okay. <laughs> and your mm-hmm. point is um, the Bengals have better receivers. Um, and then you look at the defense, you go, okay, well, the Steelers is where they have the big advantage. Yes, but defense is also something that is super volatile from season to season. And the, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they have some players there that are improving. Uh, Jesse Bates, highest grade safety in the NFL last year. I, I'm kind of talking myself into like, if I could do a head to head prop, I don't know what the Bengals odds would be, but I think I would take the Bengals to win more games than the Steelers next year. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah, I think we would probably, I'm trying to look, I think we'd probably make that closer to even money. You're probably going to get, you know, Steelers eight and a half wins, Bengals somewhere around six. You might end up with, you know, maybe a plus, I'm trying to think of how many, plus 250. I, that, would, that would certainly be one of the better bets of the offseason, I think. Um, you know, obviously the one place where the Steelers have a humongous advantage is that head coach, I think right now with, mm-hmm. with Tomlin over Zach Taylor. But at the same time, like, Zach Taylor's coaching for his job. Tomlin's really not, you know, so, um, you know, there might, it might close the gap a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I think when you grade out the players, the most important positions, I think the Bengals uh, are a lot closer to the Steelers than what many will believe. Yeah. I mean, our simulation results, and you can go check this out on pff.com, look at our win totals tracker. And we um, will, you can go look at exactly what, our projection is and the, and the percentage of the time that a team goes over their win total, under the win total. And, and you'll see, look, it's a, it's a neck and neck right there between the Bengals and the Steelers for the third spot um, in, in that division. But yeah, man, I, I, look, I, it's, you never want to be, I, I would rather be a little early on a team than be the person sitting behind going, no, no, no. You, you forget about the history of the Steelers. It's like, okay, let's, let's let bygones be bygones and like, let's look at what they actually are right now. Um, and that's why I think, you know, look, maybe it's, maybe it's a year early. Who knows? Okay. But, but the Steelers did kind of fall apart last season. I like, like the direction that the Bengals are heading. I, I would absolutely make that bet at plus 250. You can find someone, go find someone who's a Steelers fan and bet them and that bet the Bengals them. will have more wins than the Steelers and get plus 250 odds. <laughs> yeah, that 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 should be uh, that should be an obvious smash if, if you like that one. But um, but yeah, it, look, I, I think it, it's crazy to me. This is the one thing that I don't get. And I guess we live in America in 2021. So what should we expect? But like 11 and 0, we're, we talk about they're overrated. They go one and four down the stretch, one and five down the stretch. And you and like, I feel like that should be enough proof. But like, we just apparently live in a, in, in a society where like nothing matters. Like anything can happen. You can still like, you're able to hold your opinion. And I feel like if, if fans aren't going to come around on the Steelers after how it ended last year, then I guess there's just really no hope, especially given that like, you know, not only did they go with Harris, but they didn't even get like a value pick in that sort of second spot either with Friar Moose. They like, mm-hmm. they went and got like Mark Bruner uh, of old Steelers fame. Yeah. The draft was, confusing atrocity i thought confusing to me um well this was a a nice segment to just remind um you know the the we have a couple of loyal steelers fans that listen to the podcast shout out to you guys um being a realist for a team that like you know is not particularly it doesn't have a lot of hope is tough um so you know this is really more about a a conversation to like make sure that you're level setting correctly or trying to i mean that's that's what we're trying to do right it's not like we're trying to like you know oh i want to dog on this team let's like find a way to do so it's more about trying to be ahead of the curve in terms of you know where our team's heading and often that will get a negative reaction because it's new and it's different and it's 
saying that a team that's generally been good or generally been bad is all of a sudden heading in a different direction. But that happens all the time. It really does. Before we get into the quarterback discussion, um, I want to tell you about Symbol. I've told you about the PFF College Football Preview Magazine, which you can get for just $7.99 with a PFF College Grades Plus subscription. But you take that, take all those great insights and go to Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, and you can buy shares of college football teams. Yes, it's real. You can actually put money into shares of sports teams at Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, dot app, slash PFF. Use the promo code PFF. When you deposit 10 bucks or more, you'll get a free PFF Edge annual subscription, which comes with, guess what? College Football Preview Magazine. So I've laid it all out there for you. It cannot get any easier. Um, I'm sure Eric is selling uh, plenty of uh, of Penn State shares because I know he went all in last year. But you can go buy whichever ones you want. And then when your team wins, you get paid dividends or you can uh, trade them You know, if the price goes up accordingly. Go to symbol S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot app right now. And now, quarterbacks. Moving right along. We've got some conversation about three quarterbacks and we'll lump in a fourth here. But the the group of quarterbacks that are coming up for potential contract extensions, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, obviously all drafted in the same draft, um, have had very interesting career arcs. Mayfield, the most impressive of that group as a, as a freshman, right, as a, as a rookie. Lamar Jackson obviously then wins the MVP next year. And then this last year, Josh Allen is the guy that comes out and it's like, hey, is this guy in the Mahomes-Watson, you know, conversation? That's how good he looked at times. And so for all of those reasons, all three of them are very much in the, okay, are they going to get a mega extension from their team? And also the teams that are making these decisions, this thing I find the most interesting, Eric, are three teams that if we said the most analytically sound teams in the NFL – the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bills would all be there in, in one order. That might be the order. You could argue it would be reversed. Um, and so it would be very fascinating to see what happens. How do you um, how do you kind of break this down? Yeah, I think you, you really did a good job of summarizing sort of like the cyclicalness of this entire thing. Because last season, you know, so May, over the course of three seasons, Mayfield has generated about seven war. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson almost four and like Allen a little bit about 3.7. So, but then last season that like order kind of flipped. Allen was the fifth most valuable player in football mm-hmm. last year. Um, uh, and then uh, Baker Mayfield was sort of in that ninth range, which is actually where he's been the last three years. And Lamar Jackson was 17th, which is where he's been over the past three years as well, uh, more or less. And again, like you see the ebbs and flows. Lamar, one of the most valuable players in football in 2019, won the MVP award, kind of regressed a little last year. And so you can kind of see already, like some of the reasons why when you look at Brad Spielberger's projections for them, they're all in that four-year 165 range. Actually, Jackson's 166, Allen 168, Mayfield 165. If you look at Spielberger's projections, and I think they're look, you know, he's looking at Allen's last, you know, last most year as the reason why he might be the best of the bunch. But for him, the arc has been pretty steadily increasing. Whereas with Baker and Lamar, it's been a little bit of sort of like an oscillatory sort of situation for them. And that brings up to the question then, like, do you really want to give that humongous contract to that player? Because like the guys who I think are stone cold locks for that position, right? Mahomes, uh, you know, Rogers, let's think about, you know, Brady, um, you know, Matt Ryan, even I'd say Deshaun Watson, you know, like those guys, you know, Watson prior to the issue. Yeah. And even Dak had the oscillate. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I love Dak and we'll, and we'll rate quarterbacks here in a second, but I still think it remains to be seen whether Dak can win with a $40 million contract, right? Mm -hmm. Because of he's going to have to overcome quite a bit. And all of the quarterbacks I described were sort of monotonically increasing, or at least like in the case of Mahomes, amazing right away, and mostly able to sort of maintain that. Whereas these guys, it it hasn't necessarily been that way. Baker was extremely good in 18, not so good in 19, and 
you know, started slow last year, but really came on strong. Uh, and so then like, the question is, if you're going to give out 40 something million dollars to these guys, APY, they have to be like, they have to be impervious to a lot of these things, or you're going to have seasons where you simply can't compete with the Kansas cities of the world. And that like, I, I'm sort of skeptical that that can be the case in, in, in all these cases, except for, I think Josh Allen, to be honest with you. So if you were, that was going to be my next question. So if you're thinking about, you have to give out a contract extension to one of these guys. It is Allen for you. If I only could give out one, I would give one out to, to Josh Allen, I think. And um, I, you know, I like Mayfield a lot. I even think I gave the answer Mayfield when I was just talking about this and I, I sort of more thought it through. Um, and ha- I, to me, I think it's Allen. And then I think it's a tie between the other two guys. I, I, so I think I would side Allen as well because, because your, your goal is to win a Super Bowl. And if you think about getting to the Super Bowl and winning it and the type of play that you need from the quarterback position, I think the chances that Josh Allen is capable of that or higher, right? You think about the ability to just make plays both in structure that he showed last year, but then out of structure. That being said, we saw three seasons of Josh Allen, two of which he's been wildly inaccurate, I mean, wildly mm-hmm. inaccurate. And yes, I want to, I absolutely believe he improved a lot and I want to believe he improved a lot. And there, there's, you know, there's not going to be some massive amount of regression, but it's a little concerning, right? You don't see this happen often at all. And you look at Mayfield and you go, okay, well, he has had a horrible situation in, in uh, Cleveland. Hugh Jackson, Freddie Kitchens, finally gets Kevin Spansky. And then you go, okay, but wait, Kevin Spansky is so great. You know, and like, that's a, a red flag. So I think that's how I'd separate Allen and Mayfield is, I think Mayfield right now, it's hard to believe that he is um, truly going to be able to do it on, you know, on his own is the wrong term. But like you see this with Kyle Shanahan, he puts together a beautiful scheme. Still the quarterback has to go win it. Right. And you probably feel a little bit better about Allen than Mayfield. is. And then Lamar yeah. Jackson is, is interesting because you, yeah, the, the, the skill of the three of them, that's the most unique and the most different, biggest differentiator in the league. But are you confident that you can win a Super Bowl and win multiple games in the playoffs with that level of passing accuracy? Because that it means that from a running perspective, you have to be healthy throughout, right, to make all those things work. Um, and we saw what happened last year when they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with Lamar, I, I think I said this on the last show, like they, they played – their offense is more defensive-like in the sense it requires more things to be to be good in order to be great. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we're already to the point where, like the Ravens, the last two seasons have spent about two thirds uh, of their cap dollars on defense and about a third on offense. And so they've been sort of like padded a little bit with all of the rookie deals that they've been able to give out to the Stanleys and the Browns and the Browns and the Lamar Jacksons and so on and so forth. And you're, once you start to shift the balance of power there, is their defense continuing to be amazing in that spot? Um, you know, and again, I think you brought up a great point at the very beginning, which is the goal here is to compete for the AFC championship. And so, like, it's not just good enough. Like, you know, I, I think there was, like, a blog about, like, the, the Stefanski thing and how the article we wrote underrated him relative to Reed because he outcoached Reed in the AFC divisional game. And it's like... I mean, Reed won that game. Like the Browns weren't even able to score 20 points in a game where Chad Henney played half the time. Like, like the, the bar is really high to beat Andy Reed and Mahomes. And you look other places in the AFC and the chargers have one of the best young up and coming coaches. And they have a quarterback on the second year of his rookie deal who appears to be extremely talented. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. The, the dolphins have a great coaching staff and a great front office with, with a young quarterback like there, once you sacrifice the advantage of a rookie deal, like you stop comparing Lamar and Baker and Josh Allen to the Tua's of the world and the 
the Justin Herberts of the world, and they start getting compared to the Mahomeses of the world. And I don't, and you can come back and say that's not fair, but I absolutely think it's fair if you're making that much money. Um, and and, this, and that's, that's where the scoreboard's going to be. And, 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 you know, teams that have signed quarterbacks to humongous deals um, that were veterans who were in that sort of range, the Rams are going to find that out this year. The Vikings have found it out the last three years. Um, like the bar is different and, and that's where you're going to be judged. And I think I'm, some of them are going to be judged harshly on that curve. Yeah. Look, that's a fact that that's how um, that that's the reason you sign a guy to an extension like this. If you go, this is the guy, right? That, that's what that says. It's what it should say, George. Right. But like the issue is, is more often than not, right. These are people who are trying to, these are people who are trying to save their jobs or to justify themselves to their bosses. Sure. And usually it, it's, it's less of a, I think I can win long-term with this guy. And it's more of, I bought my, myself more time um, with yeah, this, yeah. with this deal. And, and I'm hanging a banner because I got, I drafted, a, I drafted a quarterback, which is viewed as risky. Mm. Uh, and he ended up turning out okay for me. But, and, but that's what's so interesting here, Eric, is I don't think that's the case with these three teams in the sense of, look, Interbury's been amazing. Um, the Brandon Bean has been amazing. Uh, and uh, Eric DaCosta and, and the Ravens are, are an organization that does not make, you know, neither of these, none of these guys are, are um, you know, hoping that they keep their job here. But what I think is the interesting dynamic is all three of these guys, and I would rank them actually differently from this perspective, are the face of a franchise. Mm -hmm. So it's really about answering to your owner, right? And that's the super interesting thing here is like, yep. okay, look at what happens if you give the guy this big deal and then he turns into Carson Wentz or Jared Goff. You know, like you're, you put your team in, in hell. But the risk of getting rid of the guy that is the reason people buy jerseys and show up to the, to the stadium, that is an economic component that is yeah. very near term and hard. So when you're sitting there and you're going like, I don't know, and there's all this pressure economically from an owner and, and owners are successful people in, in the world, right? It's not like you're you know, hearing this just from some beat reporters or something. And so I would say from that perspective, one most likely to get the extension, I, I think, is Lamar because of the fact that he won the MVP. That, that Lamar Jackson is a massive, massive, massive part of that franchise. I think Allen. See, I right see it. There. I see it completely differently. Really? Here's, so, and again, this was Ozzy Newsom. This wasn't Eric Acosta, but like when they won the Super Bowl with Flacco, they had to basically cut all of their players and sign Flacco to a humongous deal because, you know, it was sort of that like, well, we have to type of thing, you know? And I do think that that creeps in. And I, you know, when you have discussions with people that work within teams, like that's exactly the, the reality they live with. That's what the Cowboys mm -hmm. had to live with with Zeke. That's certainly what the Vikings dealt with with Dalvin Cook. You know, we, we need to have faces of the franchise. When we're on Monday Night Football, there needs to be somebody who's next to the graphic, right? Like that's it. Um, but I think that that, I think that that situation is more acute when talking about a Buffalo team that has made the playoffs back-to-back -back years for the first time since mm -hmm. Jim Kelly, like, right. The last face of the franchise, like Josh Allen is the Buffalo bills, right? Like there, there's no like doubt about it. And you had people, I mean, people we know say, you know, when, when Deshaun, you know, Deshaun Watson's name was coming up in trade talks. We are not trading Baker Mayfield for Deshaun Watson, even though I think it's pretty clear that Baker's not as good as Deshaun when Deshaun, mm. you know, taking away his off the field stuff. And again, that's a quarterback who's taken the team to the playoffs for just the second time since 1994. So like, I think for those two franchises have having been so down for so long for decades, the quarterback that has risen them up to, to relevance I think it's more the face of the franchise than Lamar, who's been terrific, but for a franchise that has been one of the model ones in the NFL with Joe Flacco, with Steve McNair, with Trent Dilfer back in 2000. And like uh, that, that that's the way I see it. But I, again, I think obviously Lamar being an MVP uh, clouds that judgment as well, for sure. Yeah. It, that to me is, is the kind of the, the one that puts them over the top. I mean, that, that, that matters. Um, and um 
Man, it's it's tough because I, I agree with you, right? Like, there's a reason we're talking about these guys in, in this regard. Um, I just think if you if you think about the Ravens and their sustained success and the fact that they brought Lamar in and and put a lot of faith in building an offense around him and it worked so well, mm-hmm. that that season was uniquely magical in this in the way that I think even though Allen's is more recent, wasn't as you know, as impressive. So yeah. that's how we break that tie. But I think Baker is clearly third there in the sense that like, yeah, when he's good, people rally around him and they love him. But I don't, he has certainly not, in my opinion, reached the point where it's like, you know, fans are going to die for this guy. I think they really want to see the Browns succeed. If there was one, interestingly, if there was one that I don't think happens, you know, this year, it's Baker. Yeah, which is interesting considering Baker has been the most consistently okay or better, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. as by virtue of the most wins, uh, wins above replacement of any of those guys. Um, but you're right. Like the top end play, you really have – so the top end play is apparent with Baker, but you really have to squint to see it. You have you have to look past the fact that the, the Browns didn't score uh, all that many points against the Chiefs in the playoffs. You have to look past the fact that despite the the Cleveland the, the Pittsburgh game was fluky last year in the playoffs, but Baker played really well within that fluky game. Um, you know, the three weather games last year, the game with no wide receivers, the game with no wide receivers, by the way, Baker threw for like 300 yards. I mean, like he, and you know, playing a whole season without Odell mostly, um, you know, obviously the kitchen stuff. Like I think Baker in a world where there isn't such a humongous gap between rookie deal. So Think about this, if this was 2008, right, and the Browns had to trade. So let's say they trade Baker for like a few first-round picks to a team, right? Like let's say Detroit. They get all those first-round picks back. And they go to the well and they draft a quarterback and they have to pay him what the Lions paid Stafford coming straight out of Georgia or what the Rams paid uh, Bradford straight out of uh, Oklahoma. Like it makes way less sense, right? Mm. Signing Baker to a deal is a slam dunk there. But obviously – when the rookie quarterbacks make so much less than a veteran guy, that's really where this whole thing gets tough. And we, we have seen teams benefit immensely from having quarterbacks on rookie deals. Even the Jacksonville Jaguars, remember the teal curtain in 2017, like they benefited from Bortles who sucks, right? Like, and, um, and we've seen we've seen teams benefit from one side of it, but we've never seen we've never seen a team yet sort of we've seen teams like it's sort of the winner's curse. Right. Like we've seen teams benefit from it, but we've never seen a team turn their back on that quarterback mm-hmm. after he had success there. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I don't know if these are three quarterbacks are the right ones to do it with, but they're kind of on the at least one of them is kind of on the edge. Another one that's really interesting that you brought up at the beginning of this before we press record was Kyler Murray. And it's interesting because Kyler Murray is one where the Cardinals are not in the same spot as these other three organizations. And remember what they did for Kyler Murray, right? They get the number one pick. They get rid of Josh Rosen. They basically burn a top 10 overall pick to bring Kyler Murray in. And yeah, he hasn't had the success of the others, but I think weirdly – he's just as likely as any of them to, to get the, the extension ultimately when it comes time. In large part because of what you said, right? This is a, we need to show that the move we made was smart, right? Like that, that to me is where this one comes, that comes into play. Yeah, turning your back on Josh Rosen, going with Murray, um, obviously with the head coach too, you want to, the head coach is obviously going to want to signal, you know, that he, that he uh, you know, has it in him as well. So yeah, it, it's it's a really interesting one because you know I don't see it. Um, you know, I Kime Kime talked about it. I briefly skimmed this over with a, a pro football talk article, but you know, sort of we understand we have to build around Kyler during this rookie year, rookie uh, contract. Have they really done it though? Like I look at this this past year, they got Watt for two for twenty eight. AJ Green won for six. Last season it was Jordan Phillips three for thirty. Devon Kennard got three for twenty. And like their highest paid cap hits right now are Chandler Jones at twenty million. Had a kind of a bad start to the season last year before getting hurt. He's also holding out. Um, DJ Humphreys is nineteen point nine million. 
uh, cap hit. And then you have Hopkins at 12 and a half. Hopkins certainly was. That trade and the contract they gave him did represent, hey, we're in a little bit on this situation. But they have, I mean, you look at what other teams have done for better or worse around their rookie quarterback. You look at, we just talked about the Browns, right? Like John Johnson, Troy Hill, uh, uh, Jadavian Clowney, Mm -hmm. the whole offensive line, uh, you know, uh, Odell. And like, it's like uh, Kareem Hunt. Like what the, you know, what they're doing, what the Cardinals have done has been puny by, by comparison. Look at the Ravens, right? Like Earl Thomas, uh, Marcus Peters, uh, Calais Campbell, um, you know, all these like really good veteran players they put around Lamar. Sammy Watkins is like a backup wide receiver now. Uh, uh, Ingram in the run game for a couple of years. Like they went in. Um, and then obviously Buffalo with Diggs and, and all the, you know, the, the guys that they put around uh, Josh Allen. I think Diggs is specifically one. Have the Cardinals leg behind here? Because I think that they're missing. Like it, it, none of it might matter with Cliff and if he can't get them over the hump, but I don't think like Hopkins does represent a humongous move here. I don't think Watt, it, I think Watt's going to be good for them, but I don't think that again represents a humongous move to sort of supplement mm. uh, a quarterback on a rookie deal. Yeah. Have, have Arizona done enough? And neither does AJ Green, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, AJ, AJ Green's Green, slow. I, I'll make, I make this reference once every podcast. AJ Green gets out of his cut slower than you do right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, AJ Green did not create well last year. And if you watched the, the Bengals, you know, at all, you saw it, it was not pretty. So that signing, Eric, it's, um, you know, you know, when someone clearly like hasn't done their research and so they make a decision and you can like very clearly see why they make a decision. It's like, oh yeah, I bought this because I recognize the brand, you know? It's like, yeah, you yeah. have no idea what's going on because like you clearly did no research. You bought it, It's it's why I said the Timberwolves are going to trade for Ben Simmons. Sure. That's a good analogy, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, the, the signing of Watt and AJ Green feels that way. Now, I'm not saying, I, I, Watt I definitely think has the ability to make a lot of big plays yeah. in, in a limited sample size. They paid him a decent amount of money. Now, the, the, and the A.J. Green one, like they're mentioning him as if he's going to be a key part of this offense. I struggle to see that. I would agree. And I think what's going to be very interesting is to see whether Kyler's passing improves this year. He does not, if you look at the quarterback annual, he does not throw over the intermediate middle of the field. And he's not incredibly accurate throwing outside the numbers either. His deep ball has been really, really nice. So there's a lot of room for improvement there where you saw improvement last year was his mobility. And that will be interesting because that's not something you could bank on as you saw last year when he got injured. So, man, it's going to be fascinating. I think he has just as good a shot as any of these other guys. And I'll throw this out there too. The fact that he is a great fantasy quarterback will help. I'm telling yeah. you right now, like those things are going to matter to a fan base. And that's something that the Cardinals will look at um one thousand percent um th- that being said it's important to remind everyone we're rooting for all these quarterbacks to get an extension the pro player yeah we are pro pro players getting paid um but i also just remember every dollar that's paid to a quarterback can't be paid to another position like running back if you're pro running back for example so um this is an anti-labor this is just like uh pro team building you have to do it if you must. Let's do our quarterback rankings. You ready? Okay. So you're going, okay. So we're going to go one through 10 of veterans and then it, veterans can include guys yeah. on rookie deals. And then we'll do rookie deal rankings after. Do that. You can go first. Do you just want me to rattle off 10? Rattle them off. All right. I got Mahomes one. I have two through four. These are interchangeable, but I will, I will separate them. Brady Rogers, Wilson, two, three, four. I left off Deshaun Watson because I, I just I don't think yep, he's going to play so for a while. Josh Allen, five. Dak Prescott, six. Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins tied for seven, eight. Let's go with Matt Ryan at seven, Kirk Cousins at eight. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, nine, ten. Um, so can you go over that? I want to make sure I have this down so I can tell where I'm different. So Mahomes, Mahomes Brady, Rogers, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. Um, 
we're going to be a little different, thankfully. Thank God. Who Do you have cousins higher or lower than me? I have cousins um, a little lower than you. Wait a second. I thought I'm a hater. I thought I'm a hater. I have cousins at eight, folks. I think he's earned it, don't you think? No, I don't, actually. Um, okay. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, I, I also left Deshaun Watson off the list because it didn't – problem is, is if I ignore – if I ignore that and I put him two, that just feels wrong. Um, and if I try and factor it in, it, it also is me doing something that isn't my job. So, um, so I left him out. I, I went Mahomes one as well. Uh, I went Brady uh, and Rogers two and three. I thought those were interchangeable. Um, and at number four, <laughs> I really struggled here because I do think I do think Russell Wilson should be four but man i put josh allen ahead of him and the reason i put josh allen ahead of him is Russell wilson takes so many sacks man he takes so many sacks i don't think that offense is going to tailor um as well to what russell wilson does as i think the bills will this year i love what the bills offense is i i just mm -hmm. i know it's a lot of like supporting cast stuff but i'm just saying like ultimately when i look back on the season i believe josh allen is going to play better than russell wilson period. i put russell wilson then at five i have Dak prescott at so six. wait we have one we have one flip of one bit in the first six yeah that's pretty that's pretty amazing but yeah. all right i i don't hate I'm I mean, obviously i agree surprised. with you yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised there. Um, so, so yeah, so Josh Allen, four, Russell Wilson, five. At six, six, this one was a little tricky. Um, I ultimately put Prescott there because I think he's a better passer um, than any of these other guys. Um, and I think that matters a ton, obviously. Um, so I went Prescott. Then I went, um, then I went with, and then like having second thoughts looking at it again um so i was really torn here i wanted to go lamar jackson and i also thought about some of the veterans i ultimately put lamar jackson there and i felt i felt like that was right i think lamar jackson could have gone could have put him higher and and people wouldn't have blinked an eye i think you put him lower and people wouldn't have batted an eye either um but to me lamar jackson deserves to be next then I went, and this one is where you might be, you know, hey, like, what, what's going on here? I then went with Ryan Tannehill. And I just had to look at his grading and go, man, he's been really good. Yeah. And if he doesn't grade that well this year, then we'll know, you know, we'll know, right? Like why it was. But he makes great throws. And, yep. and all of the guys on this list have good schemes. So I went with Ryan Tannehill and then – to round it out because I believe I'm at 10 here, even though I forgot to actually number these. I went with Baker Mayfield. Okay. And I, yeah, left, I, I sort I of left, think I left cousins off. I sort of think of Ryan cousins. I think of Ryan as a slightly better version of Tannehill. And like, I think if Arthur, if he can't blow up with Arthur Smith, then obviously I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I think Tannehill has played tremendous last year and a half. Um, but it's hard for me to get the Miami, the last part of the Miami part out of my head. Um, I think Cousins is a good quarterback who can't like he's just not good enough. To, like that sort of shows you again, like the fact that Mayfield and Jackson probably have a ways to go to earn to to take to earn that deal. And neither one like when when Deshaun signed his deal and um, Prescott signed his deal and Mahomes signed his deal. I don't think other than maybe a small hint of Prescott, either any of us said, Oh no, that's going to be tough for them to keep. You know what I'm saying? Like none of us said that cousins is the, I think the line right there. Right. So the fact that I have Mayfield and Jackson, just a hair behind them. Like, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't know. It also could just be like, I literally looked at what I put down for the point spreads mm -hmm. and I, I honestly weigh, I weigh previous years a little bit more than some people. So like with Tannehill, it was just that 
You know, he's not a starter. Behind, he's not a starter behind Mariota for half the season. Last season was great, but not quite as good as the year before. Honestly, if you look at his efficiency and stuff. So like you really have that half year in Tennessee where he was in the conversation. Like he, you know, if he plays like that in perpetuity, he's in the top five, right? Like for sure. Um, so I just need to see it one more year. Um, but I, I you know, I, <clears throat> Um, that, that brings up sort of a, an interesting one here. So when we look at rookie contract quarterbacks, I think both of us then have Allen sort of a tier by himself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then both of us have Mayfield and Jackson kind of in a cluster after that. Yep. Then where are you going? Because I go, I go Herbert by himself as the fourth guy. Oh. I do. And I, I think I, I'm look, and maybe I'm scarred from you know, Allen and Herbert from a, you know, but I, I think when you look at like the arm strength, you look at like some of the, um, you know, the accuracy in the case of Herbert for sure. Um, last season, you look at like sort of like the ceiling, like the ceiling is there for Herbert. Right. Um, and then after that, I think I go Burrow and Murray kind of in a cluster together. And then after that, I go with the three top guys drafted. Well, no, Sorry, the three guys that should have been drafted, top three. I go with Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, kind of in a cluster there. Lance by himself, Hertz, Darnold, Tugabailoa by together, and then Locke. I think we're the same except in the middle there. And I will put I, – I will, yes, have Herbert ahead of those guys, but barely. I think it's, I think it's a cluster. And getting back to the cousin's point, like one of the things that I think about with these quarterbacks is what, what, um, if we, do we have experience of this guy being a leader of a football team where his team plays well around him? And I just don't think we've seen that from Kirk Cousins. Um, we have not. Um, when I look at, you know, Joe Burrow, and that's clearly something that he's got, you know, and, and it matters now. I'm, that is not the only thing. Obviously, the most important thing is that he throws the football really accurately. Yep. Um, and so, you know, where you look at Justin Herbert and you go, Justin Herbert had a better pass rating under pressure than he did when he was clean. And you look at Joe Burrow and you go, man, this guy played with nobody last year and was actually pretty damn good. Um, that that matters. I think they're right there. And I think Kyler, the reason I would have Kyler um, just, just a hair um, a hair ahead of, I think, both of those guys, honestly, is if I look at Kyler Murray, there is something about him that is a cheat code that I'm not sure those other guys have. I think those other guys on average would be better because Kyler's got a little more variance. Um, but Kyler Murray, in terms of ceiling to me, is above both those guys. Um, and then, I, then I'm aligned with you going uh, past those and the rookies and uh, then ultimately landing on drew lock at the very bottom <laughs> yeah I, I darnold is still on his rookie deal i sort of put him i mean i think with tua you're gonna have to like i'm a sell on tua until further notice mm-hmm. i put him in sort of that hurts darnold camp but obviously with all the weapons that miami is is quietly sort of putting themselves in a position to be talked about at least with buffalo i don't know about um with uh you know cleveland and baltimore but if Tua, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tua had a great season this year but um i think i still think his median projection is pretty low but i yeah Locke is obviously the worst one of the bunch but it, it looks like again this is interesting right because i know uh, our friend justice mosqueda messages me i think about a year and a half ago but he said it's like look at the when you think about dak think about the quarterbacks that are going to be gone pretty soon right and we've already seen with Roethlisberger, we saw it with Luck, um, you know, you, you sort of Brady, uh, maybe even Rogers soon. Like once those guys are gone and you're looking at, the, and then Matt Ryan, and you're looking at the crop of quarterbacks, it's going to be Mahomes, Wilson seems to hit on Allen here, Prescott, and then it's a bunch of guys who are sort of either or, right? Mm-hmm. And like, we look at this quarterback group and, I mean, we got to see at least, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, it makes you kind of happy. But you you look at these, this group of quarterbacks, you need to see at least two or three hit, right, to get us into a position where we've been the last, like, 10 years in the NFL where, you know, there's a lot of good quarterbacks and, and a lot of, like, undisputed ones. 
I, I'm not worried about it. I think there will be. I think obviously both of us would take Allen as the guy leading that pack with a chance to do it. But, you know, it, there will be a couple that I'm, I'm confident are going to make um, need to progress and, and kind of push that a little bit. And I, I think this rookie class, particularly exciting as well. Um, let's close it out here. Um, do you, so I was just going to tell my, my story. Do you want to do, uh, I forgot to ask if you had a recommendation for this week. I'm reading this book. Um, it's called Perelman's Refusal, a novel. It's by mm. Filippi Zawati. Um, it is a book that I got delivered to me by the American Mathematical Society. Grishri Pillman that. is the person who uh, solved the Poincaré conjecture, which was one of the Hilbert problems. Uh, I believe the first Hilbert problem that was solved, so the million-dollar math problems, I think there were six or seven of them. Um, but he, uh, a Russian mathematician who was reclusive, didn't want to talk to anybody, wanted to refuse the, the Fields Medal. And so this was kind of like a, a part, it, it's kind of like a part, um, like part embellishment, part drawn from a real story uh, of uh, a mathematician trying to befriend Perlman and to get him to go and accept this award. Um, the Fields Medal is sort of the Nobel Prize of mathematics because mm -hmm. Uh, it is alleged that Mittag Leffler, uh, another famous mathematician, uh, slept with uh, Fields' wife. And, and so there's no Fields medal in mathematics. Uh, and so this is a discussion of a guy who didn't want it, um, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. The, reading about some of the like really brilliant mathematicians and how they do the things they do, um, it, they are built different. Um, yeah. It, 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 makes you, uh, it makes you appreciate that I'm a relatively normal one. Yeah, well, relatively. That's story, story relatively. for another day. Uh, no, you definitely are. Um, okay, here's my story. Yesterday, um, I well, this is a recommendation. If you're in Vegas, go to Stadium Swim. If you like betting on sports, it's not like a revelation. It's awesome. We went there. Um, you have the you know 800 foot television. You can see it from all the pools. It's awesome. So there are a few buddies and. Um, one of the cool things is they have like blackjack tables down there that you can play. So I don't know, maybe four o'clock, go down there and start playing some blackjack. A buddy of mine goes on an absolute heater. This guy is Steph Curry in like a gym by himself. Just absolutely cannot miss. The point where he has a hand where he's got, he's split three eighths, I believe has doubled down twice. And because his initial bet was so large, he needed a couple of his uh, the other guys that were there to stake him so that he could keep betting and he wins this entire hand. So just, I mean, it's, you know, it's euphoria. We're only there, only playing for about an hour and a half and up an enormous amount of money. The Suns Clippers game is about to tip. Here we go, look. It's all Suns, baby. That's all it is. There's no – Suns are the better team. Chris Paul just had a terrible game. Uh, he's coming back, um, uh, playing in Los Angeles again against his former team. Um, let's, let's go, Suns. We basically take all of this blackjack winning from, you know, a, a, a trio of us and roll it into Suns' money line. So we have – I'm not going to put the exact number of thousands of dollars riding on this game, but it is, it is many. And we're going to dinner and all we can think about is the Suns game. So we're like checking the score. We've got um, another great place here in Vegas. I don't know if you haven't been recently, but Carbone at Aria is awesome. They're a fantastic restaurant. So we're there. It's a great restaurant. And all we can do is like watch this game. The Suns are up like double digits and all of a sudden start losing it right in the middle of dinner none of us can handle it we're like we got to close out like we got to go get somewhere to watch this game so we we do that we like run off to this to this bar to watch this game and i the sweat eric was absolutely incredible of course when they win the game i mean the celebration took my voice quite literally and let's just say that um, going to cash out those tickets at Circa was an absolute. How many how many forms did you guys have to fill out? Uh, one of our buddies was the one that primarily put most of the money down, and he had to fill out um, 
yeah very quickly because i remember when when we cashed our our draft props we were like okay all right sir it was like yeah yeah we um we sent one one of the the guys who um, placed by far the most um on the game and and the most over the course of the weekend had already filled them out so while we were like closing up the pool we sent him in to place all the bets so he just had all these tickets and um yeah it was it was black so like obviously the celebration ensued and um, you gotta, you know, you gotta give back, you know, um, to the economy. Right. Um, yeah. You get the wealth. It sounds like you guys gave back, which I had is to good. distribute the wealth. It was very important. So did that. That's why I have no voice. Um, so in lieu of recommendation, you get the story of how I sound like a complete idiot, but um, that was our show college football preview magazine. If you did not go get it, go get it. It's 79. I guarantee you it's a great great deal. We will see you all on Wednesday. Peace.